0: Health Radio listeners, I hope you're having a spectacular day, wherever you may be. I'm Dr. Henry Ely, but please call me Dr. H. Like so many of the other good people do in my life, we have a great, I mean, a bombshell show for you today uh, to help you tap into the power you already possess. Remember what this is about. Every single show is about you. In just a couple minutes, you'll hear from world-renowned PCR expert, Dr. Sin hang Lee who's been fighting for you, and you're going you're gonna to hear some amazing things, I'm going to tell you. He's been fighting for you for more than a year, shining his brilliant light on how the EUA-approved PCR tests are being used to hyperinflate COVID cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, while doing nothing to give our brave frontline healthcare workers any advantages in fighting this man-made Virus. He's going to share some stuff with you that will blow your mind about how the CDC is profiting off of these tests that are completely inaccurate. Simply put, they don't work. The CDC didn't allow their own, didn't follow their own rules in developing the current PCR tests. We they developed the rules in 2003 and they didn't follow them in 2020 where have you heard that before? The current PCR test can't determine who's infectious and who isn't, but you probably already knew that. But thankfully, there is still a lot of hope. Dr. Lee has developed the most accurate PCR test in the world, and he's literally chomping at the bit. And he spent his own money to do this, folks, to not only help you get a solid second opinion, but also His test can help you know with 100% certainty whether you have COVID or some other infection that has COVID-like symptoms, because believe it or not, you can have similar symptoms from different infective sources. So I'm joined today with Healer Dia. How are you doing today, Dia?
1: Thriving, Dr.
0: H. Thank you. And you? I'm thriving too. Can I use that word? Because thriving sounds good. I'm thriving. You can borrow it. Okay. I'm going to borrow it a little bit. (laughs) So everybody reminder, we're here to help you tap into the power you already possess. This show is here for you. And each week we're going to take one question from our mailbag. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask and like to be read on the show, please send your questions to I am powerful at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. Once again, that's I Am Powerful, all one word, at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org, along with a mailing address. And if we read your question on the show, we'll send you a free copy of my book, Energetic Health, Volume 1, Interesting Insights into Advanced Natural Medicine. So, Dia, what's in our mailbag today?
1: Today, this question comes from Jessica in Oregon. Jessica writes, Last week... One of the ladies made a comment about forgiving herself and Dr. H went into talking about Ho'opono Ono.
0: Ho'opono Ono. There we go. Ho'oponopono. Pono. Say it with me.
1: Ho'oponopono.
0: Pono. Pono Pono. There you go.
1: <laughs> but I didn't understand how that applied to what she said. Can you clarify that for me?
0: Yeah, sure. And I, I listened to the uh, the recording last week, Dia, and I was I felt the same way. I was just like, "Oh my god!" I Jen had said something brilliant about forgiving herself, and I just I, I started in with Ho'oponopono, and then I just went on a tangent like I do sometimes instead of <laughs> answering the question. So here's what we wanted to say about Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono is a Hawaiian. <laughs> art and practice of forgiveness. And it really has four very simple components to it. I apologize for whatever, right? So for something I'll say in the morning, I apologize for any and all hurt that I have done that I've created in this lifetime. So uh, the first thing is I apologize for something. This, And I want to emphasize, I apologize for. Never say you're sorry. You are not sorry, but you can apologize for where you've been wrong. Okay. So use the right words, the right words have magic in them. Use the right words. I apologize for blank. Please forgive me. Mahalo, which means thank you. Thank you. And I love you. That's the fourth part. I love you. That's what sends the magic out into the universe by saying, I love you. So When Jen was talking about and saying, forgiving herself, we can use ho'oponopono by saying, I apologize to me for hurting me. Me? Please forgive me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you. And here's the most powerful of all. You can tell yourself, I love you. I love you. And you can use that medicine in the words, the magic in the words, the forgiveness magic in the words. You can use it and apply it to yourself just as easily as you can apply it to anyone external to you. That's the power of Ho'oponopono, is it isn't only meant to be used externally. Like Jen was suggesting last week, it can be used internally as well by simply being gentle with yourself yourself apologizing for where you've hurt yourself, asking yourself for forgiveness, and then saying, thank you. And I love you. Dia, That's where I it feel? starts.
1: That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. It really does. Self-love.
0: Right? You get that right. And things start to fall into place, don't they? Absolutely. Well, dear, I got to tell you, I'm I'm super excited to get Our listeners' ears (laughs) to hear what Dr. Lee has to say. Let's go ahead and take a short uh, commercial break and then come right back with uh, Dr. Sin Hang
2: Lee. Americaoutloud.com. Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill from sea to shining sea. You can listen in on iHeart Radio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all.
0: Are you ready to tap into the power you already possess? fan? Fantastic. At the Energetic Health Institute, we've been helping amazing people just like you tap into their power, heal what hurts, and discover the incredible healing potential of organic plant-based nutrition since 2013. Everyone at EHI is family, because what makes us family is so much more than just blood. It's a shared belief that the body is designed to heal, that real food is real medicine, and that when it comes to us, when we come together, We become the greatest energy capable of making tomorrow amazing for everyone. Sound a little too foo-foo? We'll tell that to the hundreds of graduates who love EHI and the hundreds of thousands of people we've been able to help. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org, take a look around, fill out a scholarship application, and give us a chance to meet you. We're blessed to have so many amazing people enrolled in our online programs, and we want you to join our family And feel the love that we have to give. All right, welcome back, everyone. Dia, can you tell our audience about the special guest we have today? Dr. H, I sure can. Our special guest
1: today is Dr. Sin Hang Lee, a board certified pathologist and founder of the CLIA certified. Milford Molecular Diagnostics Laboratory in Milford, Connecticut. Dr. Lee is a former associate professor of pathology at Yale University, and for the past 20 years, he has been developing DNA sequencing tests for the most accurate diagnosis of HPV and Lyme's disease. Most recently, Dr. Lee developed the first routine Sanger sequencing PCR test for definitive detection of coronavirus with the Reflex S gene sequencing to be able to detect COVID variants, including the Delta variant. If you feel you have tested positive for COVID in error, you can learn more about getting a second opinion from Dr. Lee by emailing him at milfordmdx at
0: all right. Thank you for that, Dia. Really appreciate that. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Lee. It's such an honor to have you here. How are you doing?
3: Fine. I'm healthy. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> That's good to hear. Good to hear. Now, you've got so much great information for our audience today on PCR testing and making sure we get everything accurate. We want to get everything in. I got a bunch of questions, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dumb it down a little bit so that we can get everybody kind of on the same page. So my first question for you today, Dr. Lee, what's the difference between PCR testing and Sanger sequencing? And why is Sanger sequencing so important?
3: Well, PCR is a process of making a lot of copies of uh, DNA for Sanger sequencing analysis. It's just analogy of uh, telling a uh, 0 fax machine to make a lot of copies of a page or a paragraph of the book. But uh, the PCR does not read what's been copied. But the Sanger sequencing is a decipher, a machine to, to tell, to read what this paragraph being copied means, that's, uh, uh, that's a difference. So Sanger sequencing is a diagnostic process uh, of uh, a genetic code not the guessing, PCRs are guessing the image.
0: So so which one's more accurate?
3: Yeah, Sanger sequencing is the is more accurate.
0: Yeah, because I've heard, and I think, you know, from all the education you've given me, that Sanger sequencing is really the gold standard, and it's supposed to be the gold standard for this. Is that accurate?
3: Yeah, it's accurate. Actually, it's the FDA there, and the CDC agree to it. Yeah, not, <laughs> I didn't say that. They make the standard.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so now you had another word in your bio that I, I want to make sure the audience understands. Uh, what does S gene sequencing mean?
3: Well, S gene sequencing is to find a genetic code for the so-called spike protein you know, on the surface of virus. As you know, the coronavirus has a lot of spikes on the surface and this is spike protein uh, is attached to the host cell when they attack the, the human uh, body, yeah. uh, So they use the protein that uh, on the surface of spike protein that contains a segment of so-called uh, S2, or ACE2 stands for angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 uh, amino acids to bind the protein. So the S gene sequencing means to find the genetic code these amino acids, which is used to bind the cells uh, to inject the genetic DNA, uh, the RNA actually uh, genetic uh, RNA into the whole cell to start the virus cycle, uh, to so, start infection.
0: So, when somebody sees or, or hears S gene, the S is standing for the spike protein. Is that is that a fair thing to say?
3: Right. Well, S as, uh, as a spike protein. It's a protein. It make up amino acid, but uh, the sequencing, the nucleic acid sequencing, is uh, is a genetic code to tell the virus how to make this protein, how to make the amino acid. Mm. So you don't detect the protein itself. You detect the genetic code, yeah, which determine what protein, what amino acid to make. Then, Got it. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Now, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is doing everything we can to help our frontline healthcare workers who've really been so brave and and so selfless throughout this entire thing. We we just absolutely appreciate and love all of our frontline healthcare workers. Um, And so we've talked about why they need to have accurate testing. What are the two key things that COVID testing should be able to accomplish if we're really going to help them help us overcome this crisis?
3: Okay, the number one question is to determine that if a suspected patient, you know, a a patient, patient is suspected of having COVID-19, the answer is, is uh, does he really have a, a definitive evidence that he's uh, having COVID-19, right? Definitive diagnosis is number one. And number two is that uh, if we prove this patient really has COVID-19, what is the virus variant is now uh, infecting the patient, if it can possible to detect it? Yeah. That's a key question right now, because everybody talked about the Delta virus you know,
0: uh, on the internet on news. <laughs> yeah. They, they're not shutting up about it, are they? <laughs> <laughs> so so Dr. Lee, then current PCR testing does it definitively tell whether this is SARS-CoV-2 virus or some other virus? Is it definitive and and completely 100% accurate in, in determining that?
3: No, it is not at all. The PCR test can produce false positive and false negative results. So it does not.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, that was something that you proved in a peer-reviewed published paper last summer in 2020, right?
3: Right. And actually, I tested the so-called reference uh, samples supplied by the state of Connecticut. And I found out uh, there were uh, three false positives and two false negatives in the samples. Yeah, yeah. 30% and 20% uh, false positive and negative respectively
0: so out of 10 reference samples you found that five of them were wrong uh uh, uh,
3: out of 20 if i found five were
0: wrong Uh, out of 20 so out of 20 reference samples by the state of connecticut five of them were were either false positive or false negative right (laughs) yeah and this is what we're doing to our frontline healthcare workers we're hamstringing them with this now, Doctor Lee, with the yeah, right dia, that's that's a wow, right? <laughs> um, now, Doctor Lee, can any of these current PCR tests determine the variants or tell between different variants?
3: No, absolutely not. And uh, actually, the, the FDA and the CDC uh, admitted
0: no. Yeah. See, we're we're not dia. We're not giving our frontline healthcare workers the tools they need to be successful and effective. We're just not doing it. This is true, right? Right, um, it's true. Right. Yeah. So, and and Dr. Lee, can the current PCR test determine whether somebody is infectious? We've heard a lot from Dr. Kerry Mullis um, posthumously, uh, as uh, you know, because he passed away before all of this. But can can the current PCRs tell whether or not somebody is currently infective, infectious? Uh, no, uh, it it does not because it doesn't de- it
3: does not determine whether the sample is positive. For the virus uh, genetic material or not, so it uh, it cannot tell it was infection or not even the person virus it cannot tell.
0: But now this is what I this is what I love about you, Dr. Lee. You have developed a test that is able to determine the variants and to tell with a reasonable certainty whether or not someone is infectious, and and also especially to be able to distinguish between. SARS-CoV-2 or other um, other viruses that might be infecting a person who's exhibiting similar symptoms. You can you actually have developed a test that can distinguish all of this, haven't you? Yes, it did. Uh, you see, because the first answer is uh,
3: does this sample contain a SARS-CoV-2 genetic material, contain virus or not? That's number one. Number two, if it's a positive, then the question is to use the S-gene sequencing to determine what variant it is according
0: Mm -hmm. to the CDC definition. And if I'm understanding right from all the conversations we've had over the last year, you've actually tried to share this test with the FDA so that they can have a, a, a test that actually works and and really provides an incredible tool for our frontline healthcare workers. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's actually not my test.
3: Actually, it was the CDC test, which was developed in 2003 for the first SARS uh, uh, epidemic at the time. time. And I just followed their protocol and developed my test. Mm -hmm. And I sent a letter to Dr. Fauci on March 22nd, 2020.
0: And I uh, learned them and they all ignored. Wait a minute, Dr. Doctor Lee, you're telling me that they've known about this since 2003. They've actually developed a protocol. You used their protocol from 2003 to develop uh, the most accurate test for SARS-CoV-2 virus, and they ignored you? Of course, right.
3: In fact, they ignore me completely. Ignore. right. And actually, I wrote to
0: the CDC most recently, and they totally ignore it. See, we hmm. one of the most prominent experts in the world, Doctor Sin Hang Lee, is doing everything he can as an American to help make this crisis go away, and the CDC is willfully ignoring him. Is that what I'm hearing, Doctor Lee?
3: Uh, yes, I, I think so because they didn't answer me. They didn't say I'm wrong either. You know, if I if I say something wrong, they should have a me, right?
0: Exactly, right? Yeah, if you've said something wrong, they should be able to prove where you said something wrong. But right. they haven't been able to do that. No. This is this is this is jaw dropping. Dia, what are you thinking right now?
1: I'm thinking this is a jewel and food for
0: thought for the audience. Amen. Amen. This is I, I, this is why I love Doctor Lee so much. Uh, it's just been such a pleasure getting to know him over the last year, Dr. Lee. We got to get into this 2003 stuff. So, you were telling us about the CDC, right? And and did and what they did during the first SARS outbreak in 2003 that we most of us don't even remember because they handled it, I guess, so well. What did they do right in 2003 that they didn't do right in 2020?
3: Well, in 2003, they had a pair of so-called specific SARS-CoV primers to amplify a segment of the virus uh, genome of uh, 348 bases long. And then they said, it's better you do a sequencing to verify it, yeah.
0: So that's what they, they advise other people to do, yeah. So they, they verified, they did what we are always taught in medicine, They they, they, they got a test result and then they verified that test re- result before they made a claim that a person was infectious or had a case or something like that. Is that what they did in 2003? Yeah. And actually that uh, I proposed, I,
3: I did not propose, propose uh, I'm going to do all the tests. I propose other hospitals, yeah you know, so use the same CDC established protocol to diagnose uh, COVID-19, yeah?
0: Dr. Lee, this is sounding a lot like um, the work, the peer-reviewed work my team did on the death certificate analysis, that we had all of these rules in 2003 that were well-established and we'd been using for 17 years, and then 2020 happened, and they just magically said, nope, we're not going to do any of the stuff that we know that works anymore so that we can start doing things that we don't know whether they work or not. Is that is that what we're seeing here in the realm of, uh, of infectious disease testing for COVID?
3: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, this boils this down to, this is not so, yeah. this is not so, this boils down to simple.
0: Right. My goodness, this my right. goodness. And, and we wonder why it's 18 months later, Dia. We wonder why it's 18 <laughs> months later and people are still running around with their pants on fire over variants because we, we must go ahead. Sorry, Doc. No, you're good. Go, go.
1: I just, the question needs to be prompted as to why versus when, why? Let's right. get to the root of this. Why?
0: Why are we ignoring our experts? This, Dr. Lee is a treasure. Why are we ignoring what he's saying? And he, Dr. Lee, you you reached out to the CDC in March of 2020. Right. Is that right? Right. I, I sent to Fau-
3: Fauci uh, directly, <laughs> openly. I knew he wasn't going to answer me, so I sent it as an open letter.
0: my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a copy of that letter?
3: Of course. It's on the Internet all around.
0: Oh, I, I definitely am going to want to get that link so we can share that with our audience so they can see this. This is just this is wow. This Absolutely. is a this is a bombshell right here. Um, let let's get a little bit more. I have a few more questions for you uh, in in this segment. So, why is the current virus referred to as SARS-CoV-2? Let's let's make sure we're we're not talking over any anybody listening talking over the head. Why is the current virus referred to as SARS-CoV-2?
3: Yeah, because the Uh, the SARS which uh, was circulating and causing the uh, outbreak in 2003 was first labeled as sars cov Now we call that SARS-CoV-1. So since we had the precedent of uh, SARS-CoV in 2003, in order to distinguish the current virus from the previous one, we put a number two, Following SARS CoV, right? So it was
0: called SARS CoV 2 for this virus being circulated now. Now, so to compare these timelines, 2003, it's, I don't even, Dr. Lee, quite frankly, I don't even remember 2003 SARS. I remember there was, you know, every year there's some new pandemic or something like that. But, and I I vaguely remember SARS in 2003, but I don't really remember it. It wasn't, it just wasn't a big deal, right? So now we get to 2020 and now SARS-CoV-2 is a big deal, but tell, tell the audience, is SARS-CoV-2 more virulent than the SARS virus from 2003?
3: No, absolutely not. In 2003, the SARS uh, outbreak uh, ended very quickly uh, in about six months. Uh, so it's why nobody uh, remembers it. The total number of cases of SARS-CoV in 2003 was 8,098 cases with 774 deaths. Wow! Yeah. So that's uh, the fatality rate is about 9.6 percent. Yeah, and mm-hmm. ended completely yeah, in six months. But now it's uh, different, right? So right now, um, as of today, the total number of uh, um, uh, COVID-19 worldwide uh, is listed as uh, 204 million cases uh, and uh, with uh, some uh, 4.3 million deaths. So actually the percentage of case death is about 2.1. So right now, uh, actually, they, uh, the mortality, yeah, the, the, the death rate is about uh, less than 25% yeah, of the SARS-1 uh, circulating in 2003. So it's actually it's much less virulent of this virus now than that one in 2003.
0: Right. And, and while everyone who has passed away um, with any relationship to the SARS-CoV-2 virus and any family that has suffered, we, we share, when we empathize with you. We, I've lost loved ones. I, I know almost everybody has at this point. I still wonder how much of, of, of the death counts are accurate because we've seen in like, um, Santa Clara County and Alameda County, both in California, that they did a soft audit on their death certificates a couple of weeks ago. And that the death certificates, when they just removed, you know, the obvious, you know, um, deaths that shouldn't have been attributed to COVID, you know, gunshots and, um, and car accidents that it lowered the death counts in those two very large counties in California by 22 and 25% respectively. So I, 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 I think that the SARS-CoV-2 fatality rate worldwide is even less than, uh, than what uh, is being reported here. And it's certainly nothing close to the SARS infection from 2003. This is, this is mind-blowing to me right now, Dr. Lee. So thank you so much uh, for sharing this. Um, so my next question is, why did the SARS virus from 2003 end so quickly and with so little negative impact on the global economy, even though... Uh, it was so much more virulent than what we are experiencing in 2020 and 2021 right now.
3: Yeah, I think it all boils down to accurate diagnosis. Yeah, In 2003, the CDC had a very good, accurate diagnosis protocol. So all the new uh, infected cases were identified quickly, correctly, and then they were isolated and properly treated early. And uh, the virus did not have time to transmit from population to population. So if you stop the virus from transmitting from people to people, the virus do not mutate. It needs mutation, it needs uh, transmitting uh, replication from people to people in order to mutate. But now you don't know which patients are really infected. Yeah, so people are circulating oh. the virus. Yeah, we are flying uh, blind, so that that's why we let the virus uh, continue to transmit from population to population. Then the virus mutate mutated. Yeah, so that's the problem uh, right now we are facing. They all because of the lack of a correct diagnosis.
0: Amen. I mean, it really starts and stops right there. If you're going to empower your frontline healthcare workers to do their jobs. They have to have accurate information in front of them. Um, you know, and then we can, of course, get into what Dr. Peter McCullough has been talking about so well. And I know I've been talking about it a lot too, which is early treatment and prevention strategies that they haven't been really putting out there. And, um, and I, I think it's just so important for us to really step back and evaluate what have we done wrong. And if we handled something right in 2003, why didn't we just follow the same playbook? why did we go to a completely new playbook uh, that was untested and unproven? This is the worst time to to call an audible, you know, for a football analogy, the worst time to call an audible is when you're doing running plays and you're getting five yards per handoff. You know, if you're getting five yards per carry, there's no reason to call an audible and throw a Hail Mary, you know, when you know that your running game is working. It sounds like we had a running game that was working and we went uh, we went into a hail mary mode uh, without any any reason here. This is this is unconscionable, Doctor Lee, which you're which you're sharing with us, and I'm so grateful to you for all Go the for, work you've been doing and what you are sharing. Go for it, Doctor Lee.
3: Yeah. For example, that in 2003, we never heard of uh, any new variant of SARS COVID, right? In 2003, nobody mm-hmm. mentioned it, right? But uh, last year, it took 11 months for the first case of uh, alpha variant to be detected
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: in England in UK the first case of alpha uh, variant was detected 11 months after uh, the outbreak in UK so it took 11 months to develop the first uh, variant of concern right in UK but in 2003 the so called epidemic ended in 6 months so there was no variant of concern you know, being detected so it took time so if you stop you know, the transmission early then there would not be any mutation any new variants coming out as is now right so That's
0: if t- if tony fauci had listened to you in march of 2020 <laughs> and in a- and Uh, taken an an accurate test based upon proven strategies from 2003, we could have ended this before it even got started. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Wow. Wow. Dio, you have any thoughts right now? I'm blown away. (laughs) Right. I mean, my jaw is just dropped right now, listening to Dr. Lee. I mean, we went through pre-production on this and, and, and all this new, this Dr. Lee, I I just, I got to tell you, I so appreciate you. You know, um, for everything that you've been doing, because you were doing all this and not asking for a penny. You, were, you, you put all this stuff together and you didn't ask Tony Fauci or the FDA for any money, did you?
3: No. I used my retirement fund to oh support goodness. it. <laughs> you Thank spent you, your Lee.
0: retirement funds to help Americans, and the people that should have been listening to you ignored you. Well, it's up to them. <laughs> wow. This, this, this is, and people say, what's wrong with America right there. That's what's wrong with America. Absolutely. Somebody do taking out of his own retirement account to help make a difference. Cause we're all supposed to be in this together. And instead of the people in power, listening to him, the most respected PCR specialist in the world, they ignored him and let this spiral out of control and then still had 11 months to get it right. And they didn't, how do these people keep their jobs? That's my question to our listeners. How does somebody who's made horrible decision after horrible decision that has cost Americans their lives keep his job, let alone stay out of jail? That's what I'm wondering today. How about you, Dia?
1: We, the people, have to hold these authorities accountable for what has taken place and what's continuing to take place as the goalpost continues to
0: move. Where are we going? That the goalposts are like on roller skates, aren't they? (laughs) Excellent. Right? I mean, really, that's the With little jets
1: propelled. With little little jets,
0: yeah, little, (laughs) my goodness. So, Dr. Lee, um, we've all been reading so much about cycle threshold. I've written about it. Um, You've been just brilliant in explaining it. Um, We've heard that anything over 28 on the cycle threshold uh, has a high probability of being a false positive but that the FDA and CDC have the cycle threshold still set at 40 for, when, for testing uh, using the current PCR. But, uh, and that's of course for testing for the infection. But it's interesting that when they're testing for vaccine breakthrough, the, the cycle threshold is magically set to 28 for those situations. Um, why are they doing this in your opinion?
3: Yeah, I think that's uh, is to cover up uh, their mismanagement at least you know, the CDC the, the, that uh, they wanted to uh, reduce the uh, city cycle to 28 or lower. Yeah, for the vaccinated people uh, when they get sick, so they would drop the number of cases uh, immediately. Right? because you exclude all the other uh, cases above uh, CT28. Okay. So that's to cover up the, uh, the ineffectiveness of the, the vaccine, I believe. There it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, and, uh, so, like, so on one hand, Dr. Lee, what I'm hearing is unvaccinated people, your PCR, your testing is cycle threshold set to 40. That's gonna get us uh, a hyperinflation of cases because of a lot of false positives. But if you've been vaccinated, the so-called vaccine, if you've gotten this, your standard is now going to be 28 and we're going to create these other, you know, obstacles to people getting reported. So it's very difficult for us to know just what the real percentage of breakthrough cases are. I'm still blown away, Dr. Lee, that the CDC isn't telling us how many samples they've tested for um, for breakthroughs, so that we can know what percentage of samples that are submitted are confirmed breakthrough cases. I mean, I, it's blowing me away, Doctor Lee. What else can you tell us about this this uh, this supposed this this cover up?
3: Well, this cover up is also they inflate the uh, uh, the uh, the unvaccinated unvaccinated COVID nineteen cases, and also that uh, they will cover the the reason of uh, the breakthrough right so what they would say they blame the Delta variance now they assume all the breakthrough cases were due to Delta virus uh, Delta uh, vaccine uh, uh, the Delta uh, strain yeah the, the, the variant so that's one thing they vary, uh, they, they want to cover up because they only sequence the samples, of the vaccinated people with delta 28 cycle
0: mm-hmm.
3: that's a problem uh, It's, two sets of, the
0: number. it's it, there's two sets of rules dr lee is it is it right. safe for me standard. to say there's two sets of rules right so it, what was interesting i read a, a a paper from cdc where they uh a little town in i think it's barnstable massachusetts they just published it uh like last week where it showed that 74% of all of the um, uh, people testing positive were actually breakthrough cases. 74% of the people who were tested positive were people that had already been um, inoculated. And it it just shows that this this single solution that they're trying to hang their hats on didn't work. And what's really appalling for me now in, in this radio show, Dr. Lee, is learning that from March, 2020, you were spending your own money to try and show them the right way and that they already knew what the right way was because in 2003 they solved the sars um, problem before it ever got started right so my goodness it just, you want to talk about this is why we don't have trust like for me i've completely lost trust in the cdc and our federal government and our state governments and everything this is why because they're not listening to experts they're thinking they know everything at the very best, and at the very worst, there's something much more sinister going on. And we have to be able to get some transparency installed so that we can assess at where that's going on, in my opinion. Dr. Lee, I got, and thank you for your time today. I got one more question for you, if I can. Um, no,
3: I I want to say something. Not, please. Not because they don't know it, they knew it. They, I think they intentionally, not to use the 2003 established protocol to promote the, Unproven flaw RTQ PCR tests. Yeah, because they own a patent on it.
0: Yeah, Wait, there it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. There Wait, it a minute. Is. Wait, what, Dr. Lee what did you just say? Dr. Lee, what did you just say? They, The CDC owns the patent on the PCR test?
3: Yes, because, right, correct. Yeah, I can give you the patent number on, on the. Can, you can look on the internet. So actually, yeah, the, PC, the CDC can collect royalty or licensing fee from all the manufacturers of these uh, RTQ PCR kits. Yeah. This,
0: the CDC yeah. is making money off of these test kits? I already knew they were a vaccine manufacturer and they have patents on vaccines. The CDC is making money on these test kits?
3: They, I don't know actually they receive money or not, but in theory they are entitled to. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they own a
0: patent on it, so of course right. they're receiving money on it. Yeah, why would you own a patent on it and not and refuse what billions of dollars? Right. They're not right. going to refuse who's refusing billions of dollars. And I, I'm
3: sure the, the manufacturers are willing to
0: pay the royalty fee to CDC as well because the CDC will endorse them, right? Yeah, well, well, well why not? Who's really paying for the test? The American taxpayer.
3: Right, so that's uh, that's the crux.
0: This is our tax dollars that they're doing. The CDC has rigged the game. Right.
3: <laughs> oh to our demise. There it is.
0: Oh my goodness! There, See, there it is. The U.S.
3: patent number. I can, re- I can read it to you. Please,
0: I, yeah, please yeah. go for it. Go for it.
3: Let, let me, let me find the the, the thing. Uh,
0: Dia, are you are you blown away right now? I'm blown away.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: oof. Thank you, Dr. Lee. I Uh, I need a mint julep, I think, after this. The U.S.
3: US patent number is uh,
0: 7776521. B, as in boy, one. Dr. Lee, can you repeat that for our audience one more time? Okay.
3: U.S. patent number 7776521. Followed by B as a boy and one, yeah, and uh, that's the patent number. And you wow. look up the claim four to five about the test kits, yeah. Wow. The claim also cover
0: the test kits specifically mentioned test kit, yeah. Wow. <laughs> when <laughs> when was that patent filed, Doctor Lee? Do you know?
3: I think the patent, I don't know if didn't type, but it's in but granted um,
0: 2010, I think. Dear, are you smelling what I'm smelling right now?
3: Because I think- There is a rat in the kitchen. A, a group of people yeah, who were researchers of coronavirus in 2003, sense that they lost the opportunity to make money.
0: So, oh, my goodness. So
3: after 2003, you can see a lot of patents uh, were being fired for application concerning coronavirus uh, infection because they predicted someday another outbreak would occur.
0: You know? what, a, what, what a great prediction when you can, you know, potentially yeah, they, have a man-made virus that you can release at your beckoning call. So, oh. I think the CDC people knew what they were doing, they didn't knew it. They
3: just did not want to use it. They just want to promote their patented, yeah, you know, tests. My you God, know. even if unproven, you know,
0: that's the problem. They knew what they were doing. You know, the it's not yeah. theoretical anymore. Right. When you start looking at these timelines and you start. Seeing what goes on in, in 2010, and I know Dr. David Martin has talked about this a lot with patents and, and things of this nature. When you start Correct. seeing this, this is that's that's preparation. That's not that that's planning, you know, that's premeditation, is what we're talking about. And when you start talking about 4.3 million people dying as a result, that's where you start coming into Dr. Reiner Fulmick's crimes against humanity argument. This is this is this is a definitive crime yes. against humanity here. Um, Dr. Lee, uh, thank you so much. We got, I got time for one more question. You have time for one more question with the audience. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm a, I'm an American. I'm proud of my country. I'm proud of, of, uh, my family. I want to represent my family and my country to the best of my ability. Okay. That that's what I wake up every day to do. What should an, an American citizen who feels that same way, that same kind of pride and that ownership in our country um, and that we're going in the wrong direction. What should we be demanding in your opinion?
3: See, Right now, I think uh, what can demand is uh, to demand, number one, to demand DNA sequencing, yeah, Sanger sequencing, use Sanger sequencing yeah, to prove all the false positive, all the so-called false, uh, so-called positive cases Contain a segment of at least four hundred, uh, three hundred forty eight, three hundred forty eight bases of sequencing, yeah, as uh, they did in two thousand and three, yeah, to confirm these are real, positive cases, not false positive cases. And in fact, your yeah, Dr. Walensky, yeah, now the CDC director, before she became the director of CDC, she proposed to use a 100% specific test to verify all the presumptive positive tests, actually last year, when you read her publication, and they should do it. Sanger sequencing to prove the correct positive cases, number one. Number two, demand Sanger sequencing to verify all the variants of concerns or of interest, that defined by the CDC using Sanger sequencing because you cannot fake Sanger sequencing results. There's no CT value to manipulate. Yeah, that's the uh, evidence-proof diagnosis.
0: Dr. Lee, I have a friend who has a statement that I, I just love. He said the, uh, uh, the I'm, I'm gonna mess this up, the, the confusion, um, is uh, is all in the illusion or something like that. I, I'm messing it up. I, I'll, I'll write it <laughs> out in the paper. I just screwed that up. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm just so jaw dropped right now. Um, the truth is hiding in plain sight. I appreciate what you have shared with us today. I hope the audience, everybody listening appreciates this. And we start digging in and investigating and demanding grand jury investigations into this independent grand jury investigations into this, because we have an American hero on our airways right now who spent his own money, gave his own expertise, was intentionally ignored by people at the CDC. And now we're finding out that they're profiting from not only their willful ignorance of his wisdom, but also profiting off of the suffering of Americans. And that, folks, is simply wrong. And we cannot allow it to become this, quote, unquote, new normal. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for being with us here today. Will you come back and, and join us again in a future episode?
3: Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right.
0: And will you come back and join us in a future episode on. one day? Uh, we'd so love so to
3: I'll have be you. be Let me know. Oh.
0: Okay. Thank we're you, go Dr. Lee. For a second, <laughs> yes, Thank you, Dr. Lee. We're going to go to break for a second. We'll be right back, folks. Thanks. Thank you. Have questions about vaccines? Want to know more about the COVID inoculations so you can decide whether or not they're right for you? At the Energetic Health Institute, we'll never tell you what to do because we believe that's your right to decide. Well, we can share information about the ingredients, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, and how vaccines are surveilled so you can know which ones have done what they promised and which ones haven't. Check out our Vax 101 six-week specialty course starting on August 20th and get the truth hiding in plain sight so you always have the power to call the shots. Enroll today and save big on tuition that's already affordable. Each week we'll have a live Zoom masterclass so we can discuss the latest information on COVID and answer all your questions. And we'll also show you how to optimize your nervous system and immune systems naturally so you or a loved one has been injured If that's happened, you can do something about it. Go to EnergeticHealthInstitute.org and check out Vax 101 so you can use your freedom to call the shots.
2: Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, HealthyCell, created immune super boost an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin c zinc elderberry and echinacea all in a -a one-a-day pill-free gel pack it tastes great is convenient on the go and it's more natural too without chemical binders fillers and coatings supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple Go to healthycell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's healthycell.com. H E A L T H Y C E L L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Dear.
0: That was a wow. Right. How did you feel about that? I'm still speechless, to be
1: honest. I'm just trying to soak it all in.
0: I'm still processing myself. I'm still like, what did he say? I can't wait to listen to the show. but (laughs) I'm still like just trying to conceptualize everything that Dr. Lee laid down was incredible. Now you asked him uh, uh, off air, a really important question. You asked him um, how long would it take to transition from, Sanger, from uh, the current PCR test to Sanger sequencing? And, and what did he tell you?
1: Dr. Lee said, we're ready to go. Wow. So it's a matter of instantaneously. So,
0: So anytime we're ready to do the right thing, we're ready to go. That's what Dr. Lee said. You know, doesn't it make you feel good to know that there are people like that in the world?
1: Absolutely. Dr. Lee is a, he's a treasure. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I just, I, you know, we, I think we all go through these moments with everything that we've all been through. And especially those of us that are parents that are dealing with, you know, seeing what's happening with our kids and stuff. We always, we, we keep going through this uh, roller coaster ride of, of hope and then no hope and hope and no hope and hope and no hope. And it, every time I, I listen to, some, to Dr. Lee and people like Dr. Lee, it just brings me so much hope that at our core, we're good people. You know, I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Listening to Dr. Lee, appreciating all the work that he's done, it makes me want to do more, to be honest, and hold people accountable. I mean, we're waiting for someone to save us, a lot of us, and, and no one's coming to save us. We have to take what we have and run with it and hold these people accountable as they continue to move the goalposts because, hey, it's on us.
0: I hundred percent agree. We we have everything we need to be a part of our own rescue, right? But so why are why are we continuing to look external? And it's important for us, in, in my opinion, to lock arms around people like Dr. Lee, Dr. Peter McCullough, um, some of these other great champions that I, I'm so lucky to work with, Dr. James Lyons Weiler, and um, you know, uh, and Leah Wilson, Stamp L- Free, M- say Freedom, say- Sayer G, you know, Dr. Mercola. Right. We we have to lock arms around these people and let them know how much we appreciate the sacrifices they've made to position us to be able to see through the illusion that's been created here. You know what I mean? Like without a um, doubt. You know, it's we are going to get where we need to go. It's just a question of how quickly and how much pain, how much more pain do we want to endure before we've had enough? Like I I had enough in April one of 2020, I was done. Right. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stand right next to Dr. Lee. I'm going to, if somebody tries to attack him, I'm going to be right in front of him, you know, because this is, these are the people we have to protect um, because they have, they have a really good understanding of not only what's going on, but even more than that, they have a great sense of right and wrong. And it's people like that with so much integrity that I just love. That's why, to me, Dr. Lee is an American hero. What do you think? 100%, <laughs>
1: Dr. Lee. I, I love how Dr. Lee pulled no punches. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what we need to hear. We need to have it laid out as is. And he said straight up, this, they knew what they were doing. It, it's, he wasn't trying to make excuses for them, which is what a lot of people do. hmm and
0: I love that. I, I do too, and I, I love that he did it with a smile. Like Absolutely. you can tell that even though these people have done all these this, these wrong action, it hasn't allowed he hasn't allowed what they've done to change who he is fundamentally as a person. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from people like Dr. Lee. So, Dia, um, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Uh, I'm so excited about the direction that we're going on Energetic Health Radio. Uh, listeners, it is always a privilege to serve you in every way that we can. If you have questions, comments, send them to IamPowerful at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. That's IamPowerful at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. Uh, make sure you check out some of the other great shows on the America Out Loud uh, network. Um, you know, one of my favorite people, in the entire world, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, we are so privileged uh, to be slotted right near uh, his show. Um, yes. So if you are if you listen to him and you're coming in joining us and checking us out, thank you so much. I love Dr. McCullough so much, uh, another American hero. Um, uh, and make sure if you're interested in learning how to take care of yourself, how to improve your health, check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. We have a lot of stuff coming. We have a lot of stuff in in place right now and a lot more coming to help you um folks may your creator shine his divine light down upon you everyone you love and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace one love everybody peace thank you you